0: This is the
1: John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. We've got a great panel today. Joining us in studio, Kim Wright, the principal at Wright Strategies. How's Kim?
2: Fantastic. How are you?
1: Likewise, fine. Thank you. Uh, Carlene Nation is back with us, media
0: strategist at One Nation PR here in Toronto. Carlene, how are you keeping? I am so happy to be here around the big table, John. Great to hang out. All right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Well, we appreciate you chose to hang out with us this afternoon. And Joe Mahavik rounds out the panel, former city councilor, currently lecturer at University of Toronto Scarborough campus in urban studies. How's Joe doing?
3: Another day in paradise, John. Great to be on your show, as always. <laughs> wow, okay, this is paradise.
1: It's not a worker's paradise, though, is it? <laughs> all right. Joe, I've got to ask, just around the horn, because you're all political animals of a stripe, and the whole politics thing that's roiling Ottawa these days, you know, whereby uh, people maybe don't you know, usually pay that close attention, it has them transfixed because a whiff of scandal is apt to do that. But now, uh, Canada's top civil servant, uh, he's a clerk of the Privy Council, David Wernick, he's been kind of... Uh, Implicated in this by uh, Gerald Butts having suggested Jody Wilson-Raybould go and speak to him about these matters surrounding SNC-Lavalin back in the fall. He was testifying uh, before the Justice Committee earlier today, and this is what he had to say about the future of Canada's politics. I want you to give a listen and then comment. Go ahead.
0: I worry about the rising tide of incitements to violence. When people use terms like treason and traitor in open discourse, those are the words that lead to assassination. I'm worried that somebody's going to be shot in this country this year during the political campaign. All
1: right. Mahapik, I'll start with you. Is this realist or alarmist?
3: Well, I, I think we're all concerned about the rising tide of just uncivil discourse and and hate in in our society. But to actually say that we're worried about assassination, frankly, I think is alarmist. And and frankly inappropriate for a top civil service to civil servant to be saying uh, such a thing. Uh, it does beg the question: um, Is this part of a strategy of um, political distraction? From the big story in Ottawa, the more we talk about that issue, the less we're going to talk about uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, mm. uh, and and the SNC lavalin scandal. All right,
1: well maybe uh, he just had his terms confused. Character assassination—it's already seemingly happened here. But Kim Wright, I mean, again, a political animal as you are, uh, what do you make of this guy's comments? We were looking at whether there might be Fenian raids. The last political assassination, I guess, was Thomas Darcy McGee, a father of Confederate. Well, Pierre Laporte in Quebec in the FLQ crisis, mm. but really. Uh, Has he jumped the shark with this?
2: Well, I think he was trying to play off of some of the convoy stuff that was happening in Ottawa yesterday, which not very many people showed up to. Unfortunately, they're people who tend to say a lot of things on the Internet. Uh, But what we learned from the dismal showing that they had was that the bots and uh, some of the trolls of the Internet don't show up to uh, Parliament Hill, shockingly enough, let alone show up to the polls. I think this was him completely going outside of any sort of message box somebody had created for him. Uh, that's that's a pretty big obliteration of the message box. This whole situation with SNC-Lavalin, though, has been a PR disaster a, from the very beginning, which should have been a, a very small inside baseball type of story, has now become this Ferocious monster that doesn't seem to want to end. Uh, And I have no idea if any way that uh, when Jody Wilson-Raybould actually speaks, if she can live up to the hype of this. But it is about time that her lawyers uh, start to let her know whether or not she can actually speak.
1: Well, it's interesting because in the last hour, Andrew Shearer was with us, leader of the official opposition, and I asked whether, you know, her speaking her piece would help dissipate everything and, uh, you know, make things go away if she says, look, nothing really to see here. I wasn't pressured. He said, we're well past that point now. Uh, that ship has sailed. This has gotten into murkier waters. And so uh, I'm going to ask you, Carlene, unless you wanted to comment on this guy, Wernick, I guess there's a consensus that this is just silly for him to suggest.
0: He's an alarmist at an epic level. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous for him to state things in those terms that there's going to be an assassination this year uh, leading up to the election. I mean, it's ridiculous ridiculous. It feeds, though, into the early narrative from Justin Trudeau when he started out in January or December saying, well, things are getting too nasty and we're going to try and keep things on an even keel and not be so critical. I think the, the, it's feeding into this whole thing about not criticizing Trudeau that much. Uh, and and tamping down on the criticism, as if if you criticize this government, the Trudeau government, then you're somehow being hateful. You're inciting hate and inciting assassination attempts. Mm. It's completely ridiculous.
1: All right. Well, uh, now, on the matter, though, uh, central to this whole discussion, which is the SNC-Lavalin scandal, uh Do you think it's tied to the fortunes of the Liberal Party here, I mean, that this could potentially sink them in the election upcoming?
3: Uh, Well, maybe I'll start there. Uh, I think when the textbook is written on uh, how to handle a a difficult moment, how to handle a potential scandal, this is going to be uh, one of those uh, stories. If they had come out early, perhaps fired some people early, perhaps come clean early, They could have put this in a box and perhaps wrapped it. And when you look look at other scandals and other tough moments in government or in the private sector when something happens, thinking of the McCain uh, meat scandal and how quickly they jumped on it, came clean, said this has happened and we're going to clean it up, uh, then usually you survive. You take a bit of a hit, but you can bounce back really quickly. But letting it drag on this long, uh, not accepting a public inquiry, not waiving solicitor-client privilege early, not allowing uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould to speak um, until some, perhaps some later date, and even curtailing the limits of what she could say, uh, frankly, I think is playing very badly, and it's showing up in the polls. It is not helping uh, liberal fortunes. So what could have been <laughs> perhaps a medium story is now a story of uh, epic proportions And it's going to hurt them. All right.
1: So they could have been home and cooled off. And uh, yet this thing has now just started to be uh, peeled back like the layers of an onion. And Andrew Shear was saying as much as I cited earlier. He said uh, we're already past the point where anything that Jody Wilson-Raybould would say is going to impact anything. Because there is a larger subtext. And the subtext has to do in part with crony capitalism. Uh, The idea that a Quebec company, you know, when you were citing this convoy from out west didn't get much heat, you know, or notoriety. uh, There's a disparity there in the public perception, certainly for folks out west, that favoritism was being shown to a company based in Quebec, that they would go to the hilt and even risk, you know, uh, criminal activity to go to bat for them, Kim Wright. Uh, So is that what really is underscoring all of this? The crony capitalism meme is now surfacing as a preferential treatment for a Quebec company.
2: It's even worse than that, because what you're seeing is things like the prime minister championed himself as the great feminist. And if you look at how he has addressed his former attorney general as Jody where he talks about his other ministers as Minister Stagen and otherwise, it is his very subtle way of saying, mm, no, it's 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 she's just a woman, it's fine. She He also does all sorts of things. He came out yesterday and did this whole, oh, had I realized what that type of pressure or things that people were saying, I, had I realized it was so bad, I should have defended her last week. Actually, yeah, you should have. And you shouldn't have called her Jody. It was Minister or Ms. Wilson-Raybould, as every other person calls her. It is not about demeaning women in power this is not about showpieces and show ponies. And in, frankly, and one of the things I saw on the internet, which is quite true, when you start to compare her resume to his, while he was still a substitute drama teacher, she was a Crown prosecutor and deserves the respect of Parliament for that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because that, that is another dimension. This seems to be multi-layered. Carlene, for example, you know, they also stood on principle the Liberals of the rule of law. We saw that with the Huawei case. That was, you know, something they articulated firmly. And yet here, it seems like they're willing to jettison this rule of law so that they can work around it and massage things to the favor of a Quebec-based
0: company. Uh, to say whether it's Bombardier or whichever, there seems to be uh, this favoritism on the part of Trudeau to save, to do anything, to move mountains, to save Quebec-based companies while companies in Western Canada and Industries like the pipeline industry and the oil and gas industry is going to hell in a handbasket in other parts of our country this favoritism is is creating a schism in our in our country right now where we have a prime minister that's not working to the benefit of Canadians across the board but is sure Pouring up his friends that... Granted, SNC-Lavalin is a company that employs 50,000 people. They're huge. They're a significant part of the Canadian landscape. But it's all about protecting Ke- Quebec interests and shoring up his chances of getting reelected. And he can tell the rest of Canada to go eat uh, uh, yeah, oats. All right, hang on, eat
1: oats. Uh, but, Joe, and very <laughs> quickly here, because, you know, the idea that there's more skullduggery in play as people are starting to pull on the threads, the tapestry is unraveling. SNC-Lavalin also has connections in Saudi Arabia. You know, this thing is, and Mr. Shear got around this when, uh, you know, he was uh, all around the net on it, Scott Bryson leaving, and, uh, you know, connections into uh, procurement with uh, Admiral Mark Norman. That case is also part of the murk. Uh, so that you could have packaged this early on and neatly parked it somewhere and moved on with the business. It's late in the day. I mean, y-
3: yes, y- y- you know... <laughs> The prime minister's argument is that this is about jobs, and that we need to protect Canadian jobs. So, uh, but think of the value statement that is being made there. The value statement is is that uh, corruption is okay if it's Canadian jobs. So it's ethics when possible, but not necessarily being ethical if there's another if jobs are at stake. That's not a way to run a company, and it's not a way to run a country. And it certainly is not going to play well for us as Canadians on the international stage or even doing business internally uh, if that becomes a modus operandi that jobs trump an ethical way of doing business.
1: Absolutely, because the fundamental underpinning of a democracy is the rule of law. Let's come back, discuss more topics worthy of discussion with our panel, Kim Wright, Carly Nation, Joe Mahavik on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It's an absolute farce. It's been a farce from day one.
0: The Globe and Mail article contains errors, unfounded speculation, and in some cases is simply defamatory. What
3: in that story is accurate? You know, if he feels that he's been defamed, if he feels that Justin Trudeau has been defamed, why aren't they suing the Globe and Mail? Why aren't they suing the reporters who broke this story?
1: Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show Podcast.